The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save and save and win. Coming up next is another great friend of the show and one of the top instructors in our game, Brian Jacobs. Before I get to Brian, I was talking with Eddie Dry, VP of Domestic Sales for Strixon Cleveland Golf at the PGA Merchandise Show earlier this year. And I said, Eddie, I like your CBX full face wedges. How can they help an average player like me play better? Here's what he had to say. An average player, I use one, and I'm in some lies that you can't even believe. And I need all the help I can get. And the face is bigger, and the grooves go all the way up and all the way out to the toe. So if I, you hit it on the toe, you miss it, bam, there's a groove. So I like that. So I carry a 58. There you have it, folks. Try the new CBX Full Face Wedges from Cleveland Golf. I want to tell you about something else I saw at the PGA Merchandise Show, and that's me and my golf. And how does a 45-day free trial to Arco sound? Well, me and my golf have partnered with Arco's and are offering 14 free sensors and a 45-day free trial to Arco's Caddy when you purchase any training aid on shop.meandmygolf.com. This is a limited-time offer, so don't miss out. Again, go online to shop.meandmygolf.com. With many years in the business, menswear brand Construct has finally launched its green golf collection, sustainably produced using renewable solar energy and recycled fabrics. Hit your best shot in their performance-enhancing polos, quarter zips, and bottoms. Made with four-way stretch, quick dry, and UV 50-plus protection. From solids to bold, eye-catching designs, Construct Green is the perfect piece for making the best memories on the greens. And the best part? You can head to construct.com, and that's C-O-N-X-S-T-R-U-C-T.com, and use code CHRIS for 20% off the green collection today. Okay, now back in next on the tee with me is a guy making his 11th appearance with me on the show, and that's Brian Jacobs. Let me remind you about Brian's background. He earned his undergraduate and then his master's of education from State University of New York at Brockport. He became a PGA assistant director of instruction at Ravenwood Golf Club up in Rochester, New York back in 2006, simultaneously becoming a staff instructor for Hank Haney Golf. In 2010, he became the director of golf instruction and a Hank Haney certified instructor at Arondequa Country Club in Rochester. 2014, he became the lead instructor on the Golf Channel Academy. In 2015, he started the Brian Jacobs Golf Academy at Ridgemont Country Club. He has been named a top 100 instructor by Golf Range of America and as one of the top instructors in the state of New York by Golf Digest. He's a two-time recipient of the Western New York PGA Section Teacher of the Year Award, the Player Development Award, the Bill Strasbaugh Award, and the Horton Smith Award. He is one of the most positive and uplifting people you'll ever meet, and I'm excited to have him back with me again tonight here on Next on the Tee. Hey, Brian, how are you, my friend? Thanks for coming back on the show. Chris, how are you today? How are you? Thank you for letting me follow Rob. (laughs) You're welcome. Thank you for doing it. Choose to fill. No doubt. No doubt. I don't envy you. Isn't that, I mean, 
he's got just an amazing brain, doesn't he? He's just, it's so intriguing to listen to him. And um, it's amazing. Just, uh, he's so creative. It's, it's wonderful. I'm so glad that uh, uh, we're buddies and uh, also get a chance to listen to him and hear from him a little bit and just kind of get my wheels turning a little bit too. That's good. I appreciate all of that. So, Brian, before we get into all the golf stuff, you know we got to talk a little football first with training camps opening up here in a couple of weeks. Your yeah. Bills have been knocking on the door the last couple of years to getting back into the Super Bowl. How do you feel about their chances this year? How do we feel every year? <laughs> feel great. Um, I'll tell you, they made some nice additions in the offseason defensively. Um, and then, uh, I mean, obviously, Tremaine Edmonds leaving. They just couldn't pay him. But uh, – linebackers it's really funny like a true inside linebacker is getting kind of scarce now in the game because nobody runs it much anymore and so these guys all got to be fast they got to be able to cover and um so i'm pretty excited i'm excited defensively for sure and and offensively they've added some nice pieces and um i just think it's going to be great i think that uh you know they haven't hit their ceiling yet so hopefully this will be the year you have a couple of the Bills players as uh, students, right? I do. I've I've helped guys over the years. And so, yeah, we've, so back in the Aaron Chobel days, even helping guys out and uh, um, been helping Eric Wood out, a former player for a long time and just met with him a couple weeks ago. And, and yeah, I play a little bit with Jordan Poyer and, and Gabe Davis a little bit and Dawson Knox and Ike Butker and AJ Klein. And they're just all great guys. I'll tell you, um, when you start to take a look at the culture of teams, um, the cultures are so good when they have people that play golf and everybody plays for the Bills. And I mean, like everybody plays, uh, which has been fantastic. It's just good to see the guys get together. And, you know, some teams go fishing and some teams, you know, go to the uh, range and drive cars around. But these guys all play golf, which has been great. So it's been fun. So I went to the University of Central Florida, as did Gabe Davis. So I got to yeah. ask you, how's his game? Uh, Gabe's come a long ways. I'll tell you, he's he's awesome. He's, it's hard for them, too, because, you know, they're so elite. And so it's just something they think it's like basketball or baseball, and you just pick it up and you play, and they get humbled pretty quick. And sometimes, you know, they'll get frustrated, and you're like, well, you should be frustrated. And they're like, yeah, but I should be able to do this. And I'm like, but you just spent your last 24 years trying to get into the NFL. And so if you look at the journey and the line of the journey that you're going to take, just try to get past your rookie year, a couple of years, get your second contract. And then when your life stabilizes a little bit more, your game will start to get better. And so they, they start to understand that it's just like any type of human performance. It's just, they have to spend time at it and and a lot of them are, are avid. I mean, they really play. And as they, you know, traverse through their careers, they play more and more and more um, in the off season. And so they'll be at camp, I guess, here in a couple of weeks. And once camp starts, um, you know, they'll put them away for a little while. And then once they start to get Tuesdays off, they'll, a couple guys will get them out to, you know, get the clubs out just for therapy, you know, just to get away, get quiet and, um, and it's it's good. There's a lot of different purposes for the game for all of them. No doubt. Brian, let's talk a little golf. And uh, I got to get your perspective. Obviously, the big story around the game has been the proposed merger or partnership between the 
PGA Tour and live golf. Personally, uh, it's been very difficult for me. I mm -hmm. kind of feel lied yeah. to and betrayed by Jay Monahan, especially sure. when he talked about standing with the families from from 9-11. You're up there in the state of New York. I yeah. know it's in the northern part of New York, but still, how, how did you feel when you heard the news? Um, you know, uh, not good, <laughs> truthfully. Um, number one, I think it's very difficult uh, to understand all the inner workings and but it's really not. It's all about money. And I think that because of money, there's not a lot of loyalty anymore. Um, being around professional athletes a lot, um, you know, they're trying to do the best for themselves to get as much as they can because their careers are very short in the NFL. Golf isn't really like that, number one. And number two, um, I think it's interesting that the average public doesn't know the difference between the tour and the PGA of America. And so people would come to me and, you know, say like, well, why did, you know, why did your leader, you know, do this? And I go, he's not my leader. I said, my leader's over here. <laughs> That's the leader of the tour. And so once they could differentiate, um, I just don't think it's good. Obviously, I do a lot with veterans. And it's very frustrating for them. Obviously, they they go and serve and then do all their stuff to prevent all these things from happening. And now they're happening. And it's just, it's not, it's not a good situation. And, and I'm like Rob too. I don't watch golf at all. I really don't. Um, I'd rather play, I'd rather teach. Um, I think, you know, when they say the game is healthy. Um, I think it, it is healthy. People are playing more and more, but it's not because of the PGA Tour. That's not why they're playing. It's because of coaches like Rob and like Eric. Um, that's why they're playing the game. As And obviously, to your point, Jay Monahan is not your leader. But no. thinking about him and what, what happened and how this deal came about, and essentially he's gone into exile ever since the players' meeting prior to the yeah. Canadian Open. But he you has know, to. I, yeah. So, I mean, that's, is there, people talk about, is there a path back for the live players to play on the PGA tour? My question is, is there a path back for Jay Monahan to be leader of that organization? No, I, I think there's going to be, it's hard because they're not unionized. So you can have a vote of no confidence and it doesn't matter. He can do whatever he wants. Um, you know, contractually, I guess. Um, I just don't, under, I just don't see how he can save faith. You know, he lied basically. I guess that's the best way to put it. And then you had a lot of backroom meetings and then you, you say to your, your constituents basically, oh, well, you know, I did this for you guys. And that's why they have a board of players. Those guys all should have been involved and they all would have nixed it. That's why they weren't there. They would have said, no way, we're not going to do this. Um, and we'll figure out a way you know, to get more sponsors, to get the purses where they need to be. It, it's interesting. It's, um, it's not for the health of the game at all. I don't think, I don't think it's healthy. And I think it's, it's just a bad look. And I, I hope that, I hope that the players, you know, like the guys that want to come back and they're talking about how to find them and all these other things, they left, they're gone. They don't get to come back. That's it. It's simple. Um, and you know, well, we want the best players playing. Well, you have the best players playing. You have the loyal players playing. And those are the best. 
And so if that's the brand, that's the brand. Find a way to make it work. So they don't need the guys that left. And so let's take just, the, you know, my opinion. Yes. I mean, let's just talk about that for a second, because that's where I have a hard time. I, mm -hmm. I, I almost, you know, when people say, well, you know, if the live players want to come back, you know, they need to be fined. They need to be suspended. And I'm like, for what? For what? Right. You, they left. you Well, <laughs> they left. But, you know, are you going to fine or suspend them for coming back for doing what? For doing right. the exact same thing the PGA Tour just did? Right. Yeah, it's exactly right. It's it's like you're going to fine or suspend, but it's like, just say no, they're not coming back and find a way to sustain your tour. And I know that a lot of the sponsors are are starting to walk away because it's, you know, it used to be six million to run an event and then it was right. 11 and now they're talking about 24 million to run an event. How does it end? Like, where does it stop? You know? Right. Um, and so I don't know. Maybe there is another tour or um somebody breaks away and you know finds their own way to to make it happen. Um very difficult though. I mean, I don't think Monaghan made it any better <laughs> by the you know, these decisions. And so I think I, I just don't like it. I don't think it's good um and truthfully i have a lot of students that won't watch the tour they said well i know what i'm gonna do you know saturdays and sundays now at three o'clock and i'm like what are you gonna do play golf and I'm yeah. good for you good there you for go you. another yeah. 18 holes each day right right so another 36 holes plus dinner maybe some drinks good and it's at their facilities good for them and yeah be great for business yeah i love that idea mm-hmm all right, Brian, let's switch gears a little bit. And technology has almost become a, a, a dirty word in the game of golf because people start to talk about, well, the ball flies too far, you know, driver heads are too big, shafts mm -hmm. are too light. Equipment certainly isn't like what it was when you and I were growing up and no. starting to learn the game. Right. Has, has technology gained, has that been good or bad for the game? I think it's good. Actually, I was talking to a student today that, you know, we went out and I think it's good. I mean, I think hitting it farther is fine. Um, I would think this, like, if you look at the handicaps, if all this stuff is so great, why aren't the handicaps changing? You know, why are they the same? Why? And it's basically the same number of percentage of people take instruction. They do coaching, right? We, we as a, as a, brand a lot of times focus on the college players and the tour players we forget about the 90 percent of the people that don't play at that level they're the ones that really need um you know that those equipment helps like the ball spinning less and and being able to have a bigger headed driver and maybe a longer player length than their iron head so that when they have off center hits they can they can hit it better and hit it straighter and so i'm all for it i know as a traditionalist a lot of times um, and I am as well. Uh, you know, you look at how, like even the golf course that I play at, I can remember starting there 15 years ago and on one of the par fives, having to hit a driver and a hybrid and a wedge. And today from the back tees, I had a driver and a six iron on pin high. Wow. And so, and I've gone on my own speed journey and everything else, but the equipment's better. It go, the ball goes farther. The conditions are firmer um so to me i'm laughing i think it's great i got a chance to make an eagle 
<laughs> you know? <laughs> so, and you look great in front of your students, right? They're like, what'd you hit? I go, I had six iron. Like you had six iron. And I'm like, yeah. He goes, you hammered your drive. And I go, I know you could have sold seats on that one. Right. <laughs> so, but the thing is, is that it's, I've done some stuff personally, you know, in my own personal speed journey, but at the same time, the equipment is so good. Like, it's just so good. And it goes so far. Um, and I know there's a lot of back and forth about clubs having to, you know, build longer facilities. And I'm like, you don't have to, we have fescue all over the place. They, they can narrow it down or like, you know, widen it out any way they want to do it with the rough and the fescue and people still hit it in the fescue and it's a big golf course. It's 360 acres, you know, it's a big place, but people still lose five golf balls, like the average golfer. Um, so I think we got other things to worry about, you know, sometimes. You talk about your personal journey. You're in mm -hmm. fantastic shape, my friend. You have done a lot of work. Yeah, I, I, um, I kind of have, I have this accountability group. Um, and we, we talk pretty frequently and I just said, you know, I'm in great shape. I feel good. I'm, I was 60 at the time. And I said, I just can't seem to get my eating in order. And I go, I train really hard and I just don't get any faster. I'm just going to, I'm just going to go all in, you know, for a year, you know, if it takes that long or whatever, it's going to take me to just be faster. And so I got with a kinesiologist and a men's health doctor. And so the first thing the doc said to me was, we took a look at my diet, we did blood panels and, and he said, you got to lose weight. He goes, you got to lose 50. And I go, 50 pounds? I go, really? You know, and I'm like, can I really lose that much and still be healthy? And he's like, yep. So I was at 248 at the time. And so I lost 50 pounds. And so I've leveled off right now. I'm about 205, 203, which is where I feel really, really good. And then the kinesiologist, she built programs for me um, for function. So stability, mobility, uh, vertical force, uh, a lot of the stuff you hear about. So we work on hand speed and grip strength and jumping and slams and throws. And, and I love it. Um, and then I, I have used a couple of different speed products, you know, in my journey as well. Some primitive and some a little more advanced. and and so. I mean, I can get a speed stick up around 125 and I can wow. get about 115 on a golf ball. And I legit started at 99 miles an hour at 248 and I could hit it about 250. And last year in my stats, I was in between 303 to 312. And I mean, it's a big difference, right? Yeah. So you're, I'm hitting more wedges. I can play back farther. Or if I play shorter, I can... I can knock it on a, a par four, sometimes a short one and one, you know, with an iron sometimes or a hybrid. Oh so my. it's, yeah. And then just the fitting component and some of the other stuff with the equipment too. It's been awesome. And so I try to get my students to do the same thing. Like, like I'm doing a, a study right now with golf forever, um, helping students out using their protocols and, and we're doing some testing, you know, just to uh, internally in my own academy, just to see like, well, what's best? What's going to work best for everybody? You use Stack, you use Mach 3, you use Golf Forever, you use nothing, you use Super Speed. 
you know, it doesn't matter whatever they want to use. And then we just kind of test things and see if they can go faster. And we can usually get between six and eight miles per hour, sometimes 10. I've had people go 14 um, because they've never been intentional about speed. Um, I've actually gone to the research lab at Penn State too and got on, you know, uh, Unisys it's called and looking at force and velocity of my hands. And it's pretty fascinating. It's, it's pretty cool. No doubt. That sounds fascinating. Yeah, it's been great. And I'm just a regular guy. I'm like a farm boy. Um, you know, but you learn all this stuff and then you start to say, well, how can I translate it to my, my customers? And, you know, I I talk to them, I go, what's the fastest way to gain speed? And they go, move your body faster. And I'm like, well, is that true? What if you moved your hands faster? What if your velocity of your hands got faster? Yeah. So how tight is the grip on your club? And then let me look at your grips on your clubs and, oh my gosh, you have finger marks in all your grips because you squeeze the club so hard. So let's take two swings on Doppler with your grip and then you use my grip where it's looser. And I shake their hand and I let them feel the pressure in my hand. And they're like, that's how loose you're supposed to hang on. They'll get two miles per hour that way, just by that. Wow. Their hands and wrists will be faster. Um, and so then we can start to have a conversation about their grip strength and also about the the length of their arc, right? Like how far is your trail hand away from your ears? Well, not very. Okay, so what if we lengthen that out a little bit? Oh, you mean keep my left arm straight or my lead arm straight? No, not at all. Just try to get your right hand or your trail hand away from your head a little bit more. And so, but your lead arm has to have a little bit of softness in it. They'll gain another two or three. So it's, so that's five, right? Right in one little session. And we're just talking and like, what if you swung fast? What if you just really tried to swing fast? And you're like, well, they go, well, I want to be accurate. And I'm like, well, it's statistically proven that longer players are more accurate than shorter players. And I'm, and they look at me like I'm weird. And I said, okay, so let me ask you a question. Would you rather hit it 250 down the middle or 350 in the rough, just on the edge? And they go, well, 350. Okay, then you got to go faster. <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you made your choice. So now you're in. And so um, in the winter, we run a lot of speed classes, injury prevention classes. They're very concerned. People get really concerned about getting hurt. And you're like, well, how are you going to get hurt? Like, what did you do as a kid? Remember when you were growing up? Like, what did we do as kids to be fast? We ran, right? We jumped, we leaped. So this is what really uh, spurned me on too, was being around professional athletes. I would look at a a receiver in the NFL or a DB in the NFL, and I'd say, I know they're a leap, but why is their club head speed so fast when they never have swung a weighted club? You know, and I finally came to the conclusion that they jump and they run and they leap and they twist. So they're working in all the planes. And I said, that's it. I got it. And I called my kinesiologist and I said, you're brilliant. She goes, no, this is what I know. You don't have to swing an implement to be faster. You just have to work in all the planes faster. And there's a way to get it to happen. And I'm like, brilliant. I love it. And so, Um, yeah, it's been great. It's been just the best, like funnest journey. So I'm 62 
and I'm faster now than I was when I was 30 because I know more. Wow. So pretty cool. It is pretty cool. And yeah. And we need to have you back soon to, to talk more about it because uh, sure. this is fantastic stuff, Brian. Yeah, so I congratulations. could talk forever. Thank you. It's uh, like I say, my students are all buying in and like, you know, I, I mean, I've done golf schools before and I've asked, like, who wants to hit it shorter? Like, I can't believe <laughs> no, one, no one raises their hand, you know, and I had one guy once to me, like, this is my last story. I could talk forever, but. He had his pants pulled up, you know, all the way up to his chest. You know, he's probably 75 and God bless him. He was there working hard, blisters on the hands. And he, he goes to me at lunch. He goes, you know what, Brian? He goes, I think I figured it out. I think I got the secret. I go, what is it? He goes, I got to swing slower. I go, slower. <laughs> I go, your, your height of your shot is 20 feet. I said, we got to get you to a hundred feet. I go, look at you go as fast as you can. And I'll fix you. I'll get the face to get square, but you got to promise me you'll go faster. And we really couldn't measure it then. You know, we had no way of measuring. We could just pace it off and say, yep, that was a good one. <laughs> it went farther. <laughs> now we can just look at our phone and do 3D and club head speed and twitch of the hands and, you know, lead elbow and everything else. It's so cool. Yes, it is. Brian, you, you've piqued everybody's interest. So how can they stay up to date with all the great things you're doing? Watch your video tips and all that sort of thing, whether it's on your website or it's somewhere on social media. Yeah, absolutely. Website is brianjacobsgolf.com. And then uh, uh, both Twitter and Instagram are at brianjacobsgolf. And so I do quite a bit of posting as far as, uh, uh, so I game a lot with my students, but I also talk a little bit about you know, the speed journey and, and I'll answer any question that anybody has. They can send, send me a note and I can definitely explain my own journey, but get them to the right people also. So they don't get hurt and they do things the right way. That's great stuff. Brian, it's always a huge thrill to have you as part of this show. We learn a lot and there's a lot more that, that I need to learn from you. I hope we get the privilege of having you back on the show again soon. Yeah, I'd love to. And Love to do a visit. My wife's actually going to be in Atlanta this week, but I couldn't make it with her. Oh. Well, in other words, I wasn't invited. She'll be at a, tra <laughs> a trade show. So I get to stay home and watch the dog. And, and I said, man, this would be great to go see Chris. I could. Yes. So maybe in January, because she has another one. All right. Well, I hope that you either come here. I, maybe I get to see you at the merchandise show next year. Sure. One or the other. Yes, sir. That would be get, wonderful. I yeah, and I appreciate together. your friendship and support and then uh, all you do for the game of golf thank you so much i appreciate that very much brian you're the best my friend all the best to you and your family look forward to catching up with you again soon thanks you thanks chris god bless you too that is the great brian jacobson wasn't that fascinating the things that he has done uh to gain speed obviously and speed equals length and, and so um I feel like we just barely got to the tip of the iceberg with the things that Brian is working on and that he has learned over the years. So hopefully, like I say, we get that privilege. He's been on the show 11 times and, and I'm eagerly anticipating the 12 because he's doing some fascinating things uh, with his golf swing and his body and the way that he's been able to put those things together and then teach. And that's the thing. And, and I agree with what uh, he said one of his students did. I'm, I'm a little bit afraid of speed because I don't want to lose accuracy. Uh, and for a guy that, uh, you know, is, is 
feels really good if he drives at 240. Um, I, I would certainly love to drive at 280. And if I was just on the edge of the fairway or, or in the just on the edge of the rough, I'd take the 280 in the edge of the rough. So I got to tap into what Brian is doing and get some pointers. But hopefully, like I say, we get him back on the show and he can give us all pointers because it's it's off the charts good. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save, and save and win. Hey everybody, Buck Ballou here, and as a recent customer of Jim Ellis Automotive and a longtime friend of the Vice President, Stacey Ellis, man, I know Jim Ellis Automotive Group takes pride in being a family-owned and operated business. I saw it firsthand. When Stacey's granddad, Jim Ellis, founded the company back in 71, his goal was to treat every customer like family by offering a car buying experience that was both easy and fully transparent. And it worked. 50 years later, Stacy's dad, Jimmy Ellis, grew the organization to become Georgia's largest family-owned and operated automotive group. And today, third-generation family members like Stacy, along with more than 1,700 dedicated team members, are working hard to uphold the values Jim Ellis Automotive was founded on. And that's why Jim Ellis has been around for over 50 years. Enjoy the advantages of buying your next vehicle from a family-owned and operated dealership. Visit JimEllis.com or stop by any of their 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, where you can always expect the best. This morning in North Carolina, wheels are spinning. Determination is winning. A passion is now a thriving business, and it shows no signs of slowing down. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one Clint Spiegel had with First Horizon Bank about starting a bike wheel manufacturing facility in Asheville. Now it's not just talk, it's rubber meets road. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Clint. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. 